2: Welcome to the Eric Erickson
0: Show podcast, hour one.
1: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. Oh, including in Washington, D.C. I got a lot of live stream listeners up there and and I've gotten, I've heard from some of them. What do you think about what happened? Oh, the chaos, the chaos. Everybody's using chaos. (laughs) Hunter Biden showed up at the House committee vote to Hold him in contempt of Congress. The whole thing just descended into a ruckus. Uh, I, I, there's a larger issue here, and they, they all play well together. Let me set the scene for you. Several weeks ago, House subpoenaed, the House Republicans subpoenaed Hunter Biden. He showed up, he held a press conference, and then he left. He never actually went inside to answer their questions. So today, the House Republicans were He decided to vote on holding Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. So he showed up to the vote and it descended into chaos. The chaos started very early on. Jamie Raskin, the Democrat, began speaking. Marjorie Taylor Greene interrupted him. James Comer lost control very quickly. And then he called on Nancy Mace of South Carolina.
0: First of all, my first question is Who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question You are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and. Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Mr. Chairman. Um, if the, the, if, 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 the nice. gentle, if the gentle, if the lady wants to hear from games, Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman, let's take a vote and hear from Hunter I'm Biden. Speaking. What are, are, you on, are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, of? order, order. order. To are, despise, despise, women
1: to... and are women allowed to speak? Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene had already, but spi- the whole thing was just a little bit silly. And that's the point. Afterwards, Hunter Biden went into the hallway. His his team wanted to release a statement. I don't know what reporter this is. Listen to this exchange.
2: Please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement. What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? What kind of crack
1: do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? All right, this plays to you, don't you? This this was great. This was great television, right? This is great. This is the problem, though. Is Those of us on the right, we love Nancy Mace going after Biden like this, but those on the left love that Hunter Biden showed up at the committee. And then a Democratic member says, we can hear from him right now if you want, and the Republicans refuse to hear from him. So both sides get their pound of flesh for their fundraising emails headed into an election season, and nothing's actually accomplished other than the rest of the world looks on and says, dear God, what is going on in the United States? there's a larger point here. I wanna play for you some audio. This is from uh, my buddy, Chip Roy, Congressman from Texas.
3: Yeah, Neil, it's a real problem. And, and uh, you know, we've been saying this for now for what, three or four years during the uh, Biden tenure. And now, at least, there's a lot of eyes on this. And, and look, Tom homan guy, he's a great American, the you know, former head of ICE under President Trump, good friend of mine. Yeah, you know, Mark Morgan, former head of Border Patrol, and the folks down there, they're doing their best with a tough situation. But Alejandro Mayorkas doesn't care. I mean, he's he's blaming it on Texas. He's going to the Supreme Court. They're challenging the governor, cutting razor wire. They want to now challenge our law that allows Texas to try to defend ourselves. 85. percent. Let's put that in context: 300,000 apprehensions in December. Do the math, right? We're talking about 250,000 releases in December. That's not counting the 50,000 or so rough gotaways that we would estimate we're getting on a monthly basis, uh, which are the worst of the worst, by the way. And that is a major drain on our uh, state and Texas, $12.5 billion we've had to spend out of our own money to do what the federal government is supposed to do. And uh, it's long past due for us to do something about it. It's why I don't think we should be funding the government without getting change. I sure don't think we ought to be giving more money to Ukraine Without forcing the change at the border, we need to. It's the only tool we have, Neil. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to rattle about shutdown for the sake of it. But the people I represent, they're like, good, like good lord, shut down the border or shut down the government until you wake up President Biden and my to do their job.
1: What's actually more important to you guys, getting a pound of flesh from Hunter Biden or securing the border? This is kind of the problem that we are dealing with as a society. We have serious people like Congressman Roy who are focused on the border and you got Nancy Mace lecturing Hunter Biden and the Democrats yelling in the House Oversight Committee. They're impeaching, uh, may want to impeach Mayorkas, they should. They're impeaching Joe Biden. They want to target Hunter Biden. Uh, they're they're dragging uh, the the Bidens out and and it plays well to the base. It, 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 I I I do not doubt every single one of you. Are, are kind of cheering that on, but what about the border issue? Um, we're distracting from that. We're distracting. You can only advance so many messages in a media hostile to you. And the media today, they're they're eating up the Hunter Biden story. It's all over CNN and MSNBC. They're cheering on Hunter Biden for being brave and bold and pointing out the Republicans when given the opportunity by Democrats to question Hunter Biden, decided not to question him. So he got up and left. The Republican side of things, like, oh, Hunter Biden, he fled the committee. They weren't asking him questions. He, he wasn't there to answer questions. He provided them the opportunity, and they didn't. Meanwhile, we've actually got this fiscal situation shaping up, a $1.7 trillion plan for spending for the next year, and we may have a government shutdown coming up, and this is ultimately the problem for conservatives. I don't like the deal that is being proposed by Speaker Johnson, but I suspect it's the best he could do. And herein lies the rub for the conservatives in the House of Representatives. Uh, Half of them are distracted by going after the Biden family, and they're not even paying attention to the bigger issue of the fiscal mess and the border. These people aren't smart enough to multitask. Then you do have the smart guys like Chip Roy, and he's trying to multitask on the important issues of how do we help Israel deal with Ukraine, deal with the border, solve the budget crisis. We have a fiscal cliff that's coming trying to get everybody on the same page is impossible. And so this is the problem as we head towards a potential shutdown. And, in fact, uh, you've got this situation with uh, the Republicans who think they may want to oust Speaker Johnson because they're not happy with the deal he got. It's the best deal he could get. You get rid of him, you suddenly have a two-seat majority with Democrats. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but 45 members of the House of Representatives have already declared they're not running again. About half of them are Republicans, including Greg Pence. That's Mike Pence's brother. A lot of others, Drew Ferguson in Georgia, Greg Pence, a number of others. They're not running again. You know what happens when congressmen don't run again? They don't fear the constituents anymore. This is how Obamacare passed. Obamacare passed with Democratic members of Congress who were no longer scared of their constituents, and so they could push it forward because they knew they weren't coming back. They they didn't care about losing an election. They weren't running again. So you have a three-seat majority right now. If you don't take the deal, you're probably going to have a bunch of Republican moderates cut a really bad deal with Democrats, which is far worse than the deal that we've got. So do you want a bad deal or a worse deal is essentially it. And if you want to say, well, we'll just shut down the government, you watch these Republicans who aren't running again. They're going to side with the Democrats. you got these people, they're fed up. Um, They actually want to do something, whether you or I like what they want to do. They think they're there to do something. They can't get anything done. They don't like the uh, showboats like Nancy Mace and and Lauren Boebert and and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Those three play to the base. You write them checks and fund them, and, and the rest of them are like they don't get anything done. They're a clown show. You and I don't want Washington to do anything, but most of the people who are there do. So the question is, how do you navigate this? How do you thread this? You can put the the, the clowns and the clown conference committee and they can yell at each other with the clown Democrats all day about Hunter Biden and actually get nothing done and everybody else has to get work done. How do you get that done? How how do you get that work done? Well, right now is you got to be somewhat realistic. I would say, yes, shut down the government until Joe Biden secures the border. But I know what's going to happen with the three seat majority. Those Republicans who aren't running for office again are going to cut a really bad deal with the Democrats and stick it to the conservatives they hate. These people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Nancy Mason and Lauren Boebert and, and the others, Matt gates they've they burned bridges with a number of moderate Republicans who, keep in mind, were willing to do a huge cut to government under Kevin McCarthy. They agreed to a massive cut in government under Kevin McCarthy. That was the outline of their beginning negotiations. They agreed to this. And then Matt Gates sabotaged it all by getting rid of of the Speaker. And now those moderates don't think the Conservatives are serious, that they just wanna be clowns and, and showboat for, for grift and, and send out fundraising letters saying, hey, I ousted the Speaker, send me money. They're going to start cutting deals with Democrats that you and I will really hate. The Republicans problem is easily summed up as this. A number of them do not care whether they are in the majority or the minority. They can still fundraise off the base for their own personal advancement. They don't really want to get anything done other than get exposure. When you take Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, um, Ilana Presley, the rest of them, they actually want to be in the majority to be able to advance their agenda. The only agenda some of these conservatives have uh, in the House, and they're not really even conservatives, they're populists. I mean, look at, at, at Marjorie Taylor Greene was willing to back Kevin McCarthy, an absolutely unprincipled politician and is critical of Mike Johnson, who is unquestionably a conservative because he can't do any better than than Kevin McCarthy. She was willing to allow Kevin McCarthy with no principles to do exactly as Mike Johnson's doing, and she gave uh, McCarthy a pass, but she won't give Johnson a pass for the same thing because he's a conservative. He's being penalized for having principles and not being able to get everything. So what do you want? Do you want a bad deal or a worse deal? Because you're going to get one of the deals. You're going to get one of the deals. You're going to get the bad deal or you're going to get the worst deal. And if you say, well, shut it all down, I, yes, shut it all down, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. The House moderate Republicans who are not running for reelection again will cut a deal with the House Democrats and you'll get the worst deal. While well, everybody's distracted by the Hunter Biden nonsense in the House Oversight Committee, which, by the way, you do hold him in contempt. You're relying on Merrick Garland to prosecute him. Good luck with that. Here's my ultimate problem about what's going on with the Republicans in Washington. They're expending a lot of resources and stuff that doesn't really matter. They should impeach... Secretary Mayorkas, because while the Senate will not find him guilty, the exploration of what's going on at the Department of Homeland Security will be worth it, and it will force Senate Democrats in a tight re-election campaign as the border becomes the biggest issue to take a stand on Mayorkas or not. They should absolutely do that. It forces a political issue. Frankly, nobody except the base of the Republican Party cares about Joe Biden's impeachment or Hunter Biden at this point because everybody sees it as a tit-for-tat. And you impeach Joe Biden, well, it's not going to do you any good. The Democrats will circle the wagon around him just like Republicans circle the wagon around Trump. And it's not going to matter to most people. It matters greatly to you, I know. But to the independent voters that you need in the general election, they just look at both parties as squabbling. Yes, I, I, I think the Hunter Biden stuff, there needs to be an appropriate investigation. But the clown show that we are being witnesses, it's the American people are going to tune that out. And meanwhile, you've got a border crisis. You've got foreign policy crisis. You've got the Secretary of Defense AWOL. You've got all of these other issues that actually do resonate with the American public that do not look like a tit for tat. And the problem is. So many of these Republican members of Congress, they're focusing on the issues they can fundraise off of. They're not focusing on the issues that actually lure independent voters to our side for the general election. And they need to recalibrate that, but there's no incentive structure for the GOP to do that when... It doesn't matter whether the majority or the minority, they can still fundraise off these things. I guarantee you, by the end of the day, Nancy Mace's campaign will have out an email saying she told Hunter Biden to his face he had no balls, send me a check. Meanwhile, the border still needs to be fixed, and we still got to deal with the debt, and we still got to deal with the spending resolution. And The only guy who's come up with a plan is Mike Johnson, and it's not a great plan, but it is the best plan he can get passed through the Senate to get something done. It still gives some cuts, including a clawback of the IRS appropriations to hire more agents. It's not enough. But what can you do when you got a bunch of moderates who are ready to side with the Democrats and give you an even worse deal? It's time for the Republicans in Washington to try to figure out what they actually want to get done that they can get done instead of just – fundraising off of a clown show. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Have you heard about, he's having his his, his moment, Charlemagne the God. He is a uh, black radio show host of national prominence. In fact, after the George Floyd shooting, uh, he is the guy, he and Rush Limbaugh uh, did a uh, crossover conversation about race in America. Uh, and he's he's got a an influential platform within the black community across the nation. He's been very critical of Joe Biden. He, there was a big profile of him the other day at his moment in politics, uh, his black audience listening to him, wanting to know what he thinks he was on CNN last night talking about Biden and and the election, and he's been warning Democrats a lot of black voters may stay home. Listen to this.
3: It's not that I regret uh, endorsing uh, Joe Biden. It's just that, you know, I think that we all can get burned, you know, by politicians. Because when I say endorsing, like, you know, I put my— name and my reputation on the line with my listeners and when my listeners feel like he didn't deliver they come back to me and they say hey man you're the one who told us to vote for uh you know joe biden you're the one who told us to vote for kamala harris so you know i care about my listeners and what my listeners think but i do want to say that you know i I think president biden historically has been a, a lack of lack of a better word elected official but you know donald trump is the end of democracy as we know a poopy candidate he referred to him as, "Ha <laughs> um,
1: yeah." Democrats have problems with the black community. All right, uh, you know one of the the organizations that's actually reaching out to black voters and persuading them to vote for conservatives is Americans for Prosperity. They've they've done huge amounts of of uh, reach out to non white voters, persuading them that limited government is actually good for them, getting Washington out of their lives is good for them. Uh, And they've been putting points on the board. They want you to be a part of this, going around the country, uh, educating your fellow Americans about how limited government is good, reducing Washington and our lives is good, and how Joe Biden's economy is hurting everybody, regardless of race and gender. They want you on their side. They want to train you into being an effective conservative warrior. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today americansforprosperity.org. Sign up with Americans for Prosperity. Learn how to be a grassroots activist at your state and local government, with your neighbors, americansforprosperity.org. Sign up today to be the most effective conservative activist you can be. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am very happy to have you. All right, uh, let me go to the phones here. Jay, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
0: Hey, how's it going, Eric? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Hey, uh, the reason I was calling, I told your call screener there, um, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, it's only got a, major- a small majority, and, you know, what's the point in impeaching Biden or this because it's not going to go anywhere? Well, like, the problem is, I agree with you, it probably won't go nowhere. I know it won't. But the American people, like regular Joes like me who vote for these politicians, we're just tired, sick and tired of, of the politicians doing nothing. They all, the Republicans always have an excuse. I only got a two-seat majority. Uh, if I do it, the Senate won't. But when the Democrats are in control, they fight for what they want. Nancy Pelosi didn't say we're not going to impeach Donald Trump because he won't get convicted in the Senate. She didn't care. She campaigned on it. How come the Republicans don't fight for their people the way the Democrats do? And the other thing I want so, to so okay, is,
1: you know what? Hang, hang on a second, because I I know the answer to this one is one you're probably not going to like, but um, the answer is because we actually, contrary to popular opinion. contrary to what you hear in the media, we have a more diverse coalition of Republicans in the House than the Democrats do. The Democrats are more ideologically aligned than us. I mean, just think about it on the social issues. You're far more likely to find a a pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage Republican than you are to find a uh, pro-life, pro-traditional marriage Democrat. Um, So we have a harder time herding cats than the Democrats do.
0: But isn't that the job of the speaker? Like, like, like for instance, Nancy Pelosi, she'll strong arm her people if they don't want to go with them. Why right. doesn't our person do that? Well, we, I mean, we vote I, for I these mean, people it, uh, to get results, Eric.
1: You're right, but I mean, just, just so if Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the minority, she can still get on Fox News and still fundraise and still throw the bombs. Uh, and she doesn't actually want to get anything done, per se. Uh, Meanwhile, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to get the Green New Deal done, so she has the incentive to make sure the House Democrats stay united and advance, even if she can only incrementally get it. The incentive structures are all wrong on our side. Um, We are willing to, on our side, fund the loud voices that get on Fox News, whether they put points on the board or not, because they're on Fox News. They must be legit. Uh, the Democrats don't do that. Uh, in fact, the Democrats have a fundraising arm called Act Blue. If you don't toe the ideological line the way the leadership wants you to, you can't fundraise on that platform, and they need it. So we don't have the incentive structure that the Democrats have.
0: So that falls back to a leadership issue then. Yeah, absolutely. As, absolutely. As and, I was and, saying, and that the leader, the, the, the guy leading, which is uh, whoever this Mike, Mike guy is. Yeah, Mike Johnson. Is, you know, and then the, and whoever... That Rona, whatever her name is, that runs the, uh, the, the RNC. I mean, why don't why don't somebody get rid of these people if they can't lead effectively, and we can't uh, elect them? That's up to the other people we send there. Why don't they do that? And and because this is what this is the way people like me see it. Well, I've been voting for you all for thirty five years, and you ain't done anything, and you've always got an excuse. So yep. we're getting so they're losing voters because they're not doing anything. But yet they'll tell you how they're not doing anything because they're afraid of losing voters. And, yep. and, and and the flip side to it is that nobody talks about, including you, Fox News or anybody else I've ever listened to. Nobody addresses the fact that as time moves forward, the Democrat Party and the nut, nutty liberals have captured the education system. So they're pumping now, out. Now, wait a second,
1: Jay. I actually talked about this very thing the other day. I talk about it all the time. Well, I may have
0: missed it. I, I, I switched between you and Steve Dace. I apologize if I, I did. That's this. all right.
1: I, I literally talk about this issue all the time. It's a huge issue. It's, it's one yeah, reason and, why, and, for example, the other day I was saying Republicans need to embrace school choice to get people out well, of this. Oh, yeah, and, like,
0: I, 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 did, I, I agree with you. And I did hear you say that. But this, this, these Republican politicians or Republicans in America realize that as time moves on, they're going to increase their numbers and ours are going to decrease. So if you don't do something, which, in my opinion, is too late anyways, it, it, it's just going to go to hex in a handbasket.
1: Yeah, you're right. They're eventually going to take uh, and, control and oh, I, I will tell you, I, I don't think it's too late. Um, I, I actually do think that, uh, I mean, you're seeing this divide now in these uh, in these states where they are advancing school choice. I mean, like Florida was a swing state. Florida is now a rock rib Republican state and, and DeSantis won Miami, Florida, first Republican in 20 years to do so as, as that state's expanded things like school choice. But to the larger point, you, you, when you hear the excuse making uh, of, of a guy like Speaker Johnson, keep in mind though, it is the reality that in the House of Representatives, you now have a three seat Republican majority and the Repu- the majority of the Republicans are more moderate than you and me. So you wanna get something done for the conservatives, they gotta cut a deal with the moderates. And the last time they did that was last year. The moderate Republicans agreed with the House Freedom Caucus to cut hundreds of billions of dollars in government spending. The moderates agreed to hundreds of billions of dollars in government spending. But Matt Gaetz rejected it and ousted Speaker McCarthy, and now they've gone from a five-seat majority to a three-seat majority – so the moderates feel burned; they're not going to agree to it anymore. And and that was the tactical failure of Gates, Alistair McCarthy, when he did. You had a it was something like a two hundred seventy five billion dollar cut in government, the biggest cut we've had in a decade. And the populace said, "No, screw it, let's oust the speaker." So now the moderates are like, "Well, we're not going to agree to anything anymore." And Johnson has just a two seat majority, three seat majority. So how do you herd these cats when you don't have the incentive structure to keep them all in line, and half of them hate the other half? 20 of them are retiring, and they really hate the populace now. I mean, that, that that's the problem. It, you can hear it as excuse-making, and I realize a lot of people do, but that's the reality you're dealing with. That's not an excuse. It actually is the reality. You have a three-seat majority. The House speaker doesn't vote, so it's actually a two-seat majority. You had the moderates agree to a multi-hundred-billion-dollar set of cuts with the conservatives. They put it all on the line to get it done, and Matt Gaetz said, you know what, I'd rather oust the Speaker. So now you got the moderates are retiring. They're tired of being that part of it. They have no incentive now to even cut the government so i mean the problem is republicans do have a more broad diverse coalition than the democrats democrats look at the skin color and say well you don't have a lot of black people or hispanic people yeah but we got moderate liberal and conservative republicans you guys are liberal and progressive so how do you get anything done part of it is if we're really honest about it you got to have more than a five-seat majority or a three-seat majority they could do more if they had a 25-seat majority because if you had a 25-seat majority You would have more conservatives who could unite and rally and push. But keep in mind, conservatives in primaries advanced a bunch of candidates in 2022 who lost to the Democrats because the conservatives decided you had to, one of their litmus tests is, did you believe that the election in 2020 was stolen or not? And they pretty much uniformly rejected anyone who didn't believe it was stolen. And then the stolen election people who got the nomination all lost to the Democrats. We could have had a 25, 30-seat majority. But it was the, the Republican voters in primaries picked candidates who couldn't win the general election. So the reality is, now keep in mind, the polling shows that most Republican voters actually want to vote for people who agree with them instead of people who win. You hear that? Most Republican voters in poll after poll after poll after poll after poll, and you're seeing it in reality, so don't say the polling's wrong because you're seeing it in reality too. Republican voters want someone to be their nominee who agrees with them even if they can't win the general election. And guess what? They're not winning the general election. So you're going to be a permanent minority and bellyache about all of Washington and say, well, the system's broken if you're not willing to actually find someone who can win. The ultimate, at the end of the day, game is to find someone who can win. Now, all of this plays into the border issue. Senator John Corden, who's, well, not a big fan of his from Texas, um, listen to this though. This is a man-made disaster, and uh, the man who made it was Joe Biden because of his open border policies and the welcome mat that uh, he has put out to people coming from around the world, um, literally hundreds of different countries and because they know they can make it. In the meantime, the people that continue to get richer are the criminal organizations that smuggle people from around the world, as well as the drug cartels, runs into the United States that killed 108,000 Americans last year alone. So this is a man-made disaster, and the man who made it is Joe Biden. He's he's right. He's absolutely right. Did y'all hear that in New York City they had to shut down several schools? and send the kids to remote learning today because they moved illegal aliens into the schools. The weather was bad last night. They literally moved thousands of illegal aliens into New York City public schools to house them because of the weather, and so the kids can't go to school. They're on remote learning today. DeSantis was asked about this last night in the Fox News around uh, Town Hall.
2: I think it's disgraceful. I mean, just think about it. You're a parent in the Bronx. Was it Brooklyn or the Brooklyn? You're a parent in Brooklyn, it's a lot, you probably got a lot of single moms who are putting, who are the breadwinner, so they've got to work during the day. Your kids, you, your kids are supposed to go to school and then someone tells you, sorry, uh, your kids have to stay home. Why? Was there some type of real significant storm or some, some emergency? Was there a flu outbreak? Well, why are they having to stay home? They're having to stay home because the state government is commandeering or the city government is commandeering the school to house illegal aliens. You talk about putting Americans last. You're having these kids, you're depriving these kids of in-person education to be able to house people that don't have a right to be here uh, to begin with. That's Joe Biden's America in a nutshell. Uh, so I think it's disgraceful that that's happening. But I think this, um, you know, when I'm president, this immigration stuff, we're building a big consensus in this country. Cause, you know, some of these areas in New York City, these are very liberal voters usually. But they—they they are almost all of them saying this can't go on like this. You can't just have schools overtaken, hospitals overrun, uh, people coming in—we don't even know who they are. So, by this has been one of Biden probably the biggest failure, just simply because he has more control over this. Uh, there are certain things President may not have direct control over. He—he he is causing this. Uh, he could stop it, and he's choosing not to stop That's it. You exactly-
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, Wait until you hear the reason a member of Congress gave away the game. Before we get there, though, let me take Mike's phone call. Mike, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Um, I have a question. I thought I heard something on the local news here, I I live in Georgia, um, about some type of um, lawsuit that was brought brought about for the election machines. Um, Is this a frivolous lawsuit, or is this actually something that could have some legitimacy to it? And if it does, uh, how does it affect the Trump case here in Georgia?
1: Okay, um, um, so it, let me show, ahead, first, Mike, answer the last part first, Mike. Yeah, so let me the last part first. It won't affect the Trump case. Um, the the it will not impact the Trump case because they're on separate tracks. So. Years ago, um, when was it? Oh, 2016, 2017, a good government group filed a lawsuit. Yeah, 2017, I think it was. They filed a lawsuit saying that Georgia used electronic ballots because they didn't generate paper ballots. They should be declared unconstitutional. Um, it was before Judge Amy Totenberg, who's a, a Obama-appointed judge, and she prohibited the state at the time from using those machines because they didn't have a paper trail tied to it. Um, so the state deployed the new machines that have a paper trail that complied with her order. So the the lawsuit was going to be tossed out, but then they amended it to take aim at the new system. And essentially they're claiming that the Dominion Voter System machines are too flawed uh, to be operated. I honestly think it's a garbage lawsuit uh, because a lot of the claims that they're making have been disputed widely. Uh, they do actually, they're not connected to the internet at the elections centers, contrary to popular opinion. They print out the paper ballots. They have the paper ballot trail for the audit. But more importantly, there's this. The states themselves get to decide the procedure for uh, for voting. The federal government can't dictate to the states the method of voting in the states now these are paper ballot activists and what's so wild about this is when when states moved to electronic voting after the twenty two thousand election bush versus gore it was the democrats who became the ballot conspiracy theorists saying oh my gosh the paper ballots we need the paper ballots well paper ballots are actually the least secure method of voting Uh, with the electronic balloting that for example georgia has now you have a printed ballot and you have the electronic ballot and you can match the receipts Paper balloting, you can stuff the ballots more easily. you, you got all sorts of uh, problems, but because of the 2020 election, a lot of Republicans now believe actually paper balloting is more secure than the electronic voting system. And so they pursued this this lawsuit, and I, I, I don't know what, what Totenberg will do, but the law is pretty clear that states get to decide the method, and because the state complied with her order, in 2019 and move to an electronic system that generates a paper ballot, I I doubt she's going to side with the activists on this one, in large part because so much of the theories of Dominion voting system machines have been so thoroughly debunked. Um, I don't know that it's going to go as far as these people want it to go. Um, But you got a group of malcontents still angry about 2020, and they get their day in court. They might get thrown out of court. We'll see. Ten regional banks have had their credit downgraded. We're having more economic warning signs on the horizon right now. Swiss America is sounding the alarm for you guys, and they want you to know about the secret war on cash. you got soaring interest rates. You've got bank problems. You've got over-leveraging and under-leveraging issues at banks. Swiss America can help you protect your hard-earned assets. Now go read their report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy is free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. If this affects digital forms of currency. I played you all the audio yesterday of the European Union Central Bank president saying they're pushing people to digital currency so they control how they use their money. You don't want that to come to this country. Talk to Swiss America. Mention Eric Erickson when you call or text 800-289-2646. You can text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. Get the report. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates apply. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 973 7425. This hour of the program is brought to you by my friends, the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. Now, listen, I, we got a lot of new listeners. This show has grown pretty. I mean, we've doubled the number of affiliates in just the last number of months. And so I, I want to be real clear here all of you nationwide can benefit if you are a business owner and your business is looking to grow. You're buying a building or building a building. You're buying a franchise, investing in a franchise, something like that. That's the deals the Frost family specializes in. So reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. They can help any business nationwide. Tell them I sent you. Now, Jay, if you're still listening, um, you're complaining about Republicans. and, And part of my argument in response to you is that conservatives have got to do a better job of picking candidates who go to Washington and fight for conservatives. And so I'm, I've got a, a guest coming up. I want to introduce my audience to him. Uh, he's a friend of mine who's running for Congress. And he, this is the sort of person you want. In fact, he's so conservative, uh, he got redistricted. The, the Republican Speaker of the House in Georgia redistricted him out of his district to ensure he couldn't run again. Um, because he was too conservative, and now he's running for Congress, and and we should we should rally around him. Um, but you, you gotta you gotta improve your quality of candidates. You you can't just find the person who tells you what you want to hear. You gotta find the person who knows how to win, who can advance the fight, uh, who can get elected, and that's not always the. The, the, the person that you first embrace, you got to find quality, high-caliber candidates who can connect with voters who aren't like you, have a compelling biography to do it. Uh, I'll tell you, show you what I mean when we come back on the other side. You're going to want to stick around for this, every single one of you, wherever you are in the nation. You're going to want to hear this conversation when we come back right here on The Eric Erickson Show.